Welcome to our podcast with Emma and Julie, where parenting is at the heart of what we do. Rewind, reset, renew. Hi, today we're going to talk about neuroscience and brain development. So Julie, what have you got for us today? Well, I think what I'd like to do is speak about why brain development is important in those early years. I think having owned my nurseries for almost 20 years, lots of parents don't actually understand that babies' brains are developing consistently for those first five years. In fact, they don't know that the brain's continually to grow until they're aged 25. Mm. But those first five years are absolutely fundamental as the neurons are connecting and expanding, particularly more between the age of two to three. But implicitly, those first thousand days really, really matter. So, Julie, are you talking about conception? From conception onwards? Absolutely, yeah. How you feel in your body, your children will feel, your embryo feels everything you feel. It responds to stresses. Mm. It responds to things that are going on in your life. When you're happy, when you're sad, picking up everything. And that's why sometimes adults that go into therapy... They may ask you what pregnancy was like. You know, what was it like for you? How was your birth? Because those things do matter. Yeah, I ask that when I'm coaching parents. I do ask about what the childbirth was like, what the pregnancy was like, any issues, maybe postnatal depression, things like that have a massive impact on the rest of the kind of therapeutic journey in coaching. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think if parents are aware of that, I mean, we run the Aliki app, don't we, in nursery? And and the reason behind that is so parents can actually see the interactions that they're having with with their children are meaningful and having a direct impact on the brain. Mm. And that app actually shows parts of the brain that you're talking to. I mean, how amazing would that have been if we'd have had that when we were young and had our children? Yeah. And I think you've got a really good quote there, haven't you, about brain development. Why don't you give it us a read? Yes. So this is from Birth to Five Matters. uh, And it says, The baby's brain is not simply a fixed structure which develops in a predetermined way. It depends on external stimulation from experience to to form neurological connections. Babies and children are not passive in the process of development, but are actively stretching their own capacities as they observe and interact with people, objects and events in the world. So in early years, every setting will have a curriculum to follow. And our curriculum is based on growth mindset and it's based on mindfulness. And we do that because those first five years are fundamentally important. What we don't realise is that what happens in those early five years, those first five years, actually have a direct correlation between what a child will achieve at GCSE level. And that actually blows your mind when you think of that. Mm, So those neurons are are multiplying, especially between the age of two and three, where children are expected to learn sort of up to five words a day, minimum, where they're able to process and understand. So we have to literally look at how are we developing those children's brains. But more importantly, we've talked about emotional intelligence. If we can support children in understanding their emotions and to regulate they become going to be better adults they're going to be able to cope with what life throws at them 
and have a toolbox for life. And one of these wonderful quotes is, when children are deprived or limited in their experience during the first five years of life, then social and emotional development, including learning in both formal and informal education platforms, becomes challenging. And that's from Let's Talk About Education. So for us, you know, based on the Mini Minds Matter approach, every child is able to understand what they are doing in nursery and practitioners are working every day at developing affirmations talking to the brain mm-hmm. we're talking about doing story massage we're talking about understanding name and emotions they are all absolutely crucial but as the children get older in nursery we also teach them about the brain but we use it in dinosaur language so we talk about karmasaurus so that's the calm part of the brain so that's the most evolved part of the brain and it's where we do our thinking so that's the prefrontal cortex. So can I just interject oh, here? Oh, yeah, of course you can. You the, know all about that. So yeah, so the prefrontal cortex doesn't actually fully develop until we're 25. So when we're asking children to reason and be logical and things like that, even teenagers can't do it, even young adults can't do it. So it's the prefrontal cortex that takes a while. So if we put the foundations in place, and that's why we use Karmasaurus to explain that to a child, um, it really will help to set the good foundations for for adulthood and for mental health and well-being. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And I think, you know, that the prefrontal cortex, obviously common Karmasaurus, what we use, that is the uh, the think part of the brain where we create, we organise and we problem solve and we use our imagination and the language sensor. And if we are not calm, then our brains go offline. So when we're stressed and when we're anxious, then we shut down, we stop learning. So when children are coming in and they're deregulated and, and they're stressed and they're upset, we can do everything we want with that child. They are not going to learn what we need them to learn. So that's why we prioritise that children can regulate and we co-regulate in order for them to learn and have the best possible experiences. We know, as you've just said, that, you know, it isn't developed until the age of 25. But what we need to do is show them how when we switch our brains back online, we can then do the co-reg, the talk, the reflection, so they begin to understand. Now, the active part of the brain, obviously, that's where children actually switch off. The brain goes into hyperactivity, you know, the amygdala. It's now offline. It's gone hyperactive, overexcited, scared. I think you talk about fright, fight or freeze. Would yeah, you like to talk it, about that? Yeah, it's a fight, flight, freeze response. And it's the amygdala, which is part of our brain, that's, I guess, like a smoke detector and it goes off. It sets an alarm when we feel scared, anxious. And it's not about an actual threat. It could just be a perceived threat that they feel scared about something but it's linked to their short life time that they've had and how scared they are the experiences they've experienced who they've been around how the how they, that maybe the adults has helped them to co-regulate whether they haven't helped them and it's all linked because it's how a child feels do they feel safe all linked to that right from the start yeah and I think you know if we know child Childhood trauma is a big impact there, doesn't it? And uh, if they've had some 
awful experiences and we know some parents go through divorce and it'd be, be quite acrimonious those are the things children will remember and can actually cause that brain to overthink and overreact and and it, it does serve a good purpose because it does keep us safe from danger you know that's what its job is there for but if it's on all the time it produces too much cortisol and actually is, can be quite dangerous for us yeah that's right you know especially if when we're sort of moving into adulthood but more importantly, the hippocampus, which we now call the helpful sorus, and that's our memory centre. And that's the helpful part of the brain. It stores our memories and how we sort of feel. And it is useful and helps us to remember sights, sounds, smells or objects and how they make us feel. So if you think sort of we've just talked about in one of our podcasts, meditation and going back to somewhere where you remember that's a nice place, those are the things that provoke that happiness and that feel of feelness of of support and that's what helpful resources job is you know we want to make us feel better so it has a huge impact on how we sort of store information and our brain is like a little bit of a filing cabinet and we store lots and lots of memories but actually the more negative memories we store then that's what we remember and that's what we replace. So the more happy thoughts we can store and positive things we can remember, that helps us to think more, be more optimistic. Mm. So what the science tells us is that when you use this approach, the mini minds approach, that it's about getting children to understand their own brains, getting the adult to understand their own brains uh, in a fun and easy way. And then they can understand how and why they feel in a certain way and how they react to certain things. So we talk, we always talk about the body and what does it feel like in your body? So if they're angry or nervous or excited, there's usually a bodily symptom that attacks to that so um, butterflies in your tummy could be excitement but could also be anxiety so we teach the children to recognize what's going on in their body as well so that that, that could be kind of a point of reference for them so that when they get older and they recognize those things it's a part where they can avoid triggers or you know help them to be able to regulate in a better way so it's things like unwanted reactions and emotions that the child might be feeling that they were able to control in a better way. Um, so the calm in their activosaurus mind. Have we done activosaurus yeah, yet? Yeah, have, yeah. Which... So that's the amygdala part, so like your smoke alarm. If we training our brains to be positive even though you can still have negative emotions or what we perceive as negative that all emotions are healthy all emotions are okay we do affirmations to to train our brain to think in a positive way because we're programmed to think negatively aren't we all the time yeah our, our brains are wired to be negative and you can say Look, that every yeah. single day in your life and looking for danger it's supposed to do that it's about the old mm. stone age stuff you know when we were cavemen or whatever that we decided that we were looking for we had to look for danger because there was no other option well we've kind of evolved from that now so lots of things i talk about perceived threats or ideas that the child might be having that they feel scared about linked to their experiences it's also linked to i mean this is really deep but genetics and epigenetics which we might go into in a another podcast you never know mm -hmm. but all those things are linked so what your parents might have experienced you can experience as well um and then your child can experience what you have and all that it kind of goes on the generations but 
Tell us about affirmations, Julie, and, and why we might do those. Well, affirmations are it's like positive self-talk. We've discussed that um, our brains are wired to be negative, and they are. We get up in the morning, and the first thing we moan about is, oh, my hair's a mess, or I've had a bad night's sleep, and how am I going to get through the day? And it takes time to reframe that and think about your day in a positive way. So I say to children, every day we do affirmations, I am strong, I am kind, I am amazing, I am unique. Those are the things you need to be doing at home and for yourself with your children. That develops positive pathways in your brain. And we've heard so many times that what we say, we become. And that is so true. Mm. And I think if you show your children that it's good to feel good about themselves, they're less likely to struggle in school. They're more likely to have a positive attitude to learning Mm. and more likely to have self-belief in themselves. And that's where sort of the growth mindset fits in, that children that have fixed mindsets are wired to believe that they are failures, that failing is a bad thing and they're not good at something. So they may copy an adult or an older sibling and say, I'm not good at that or I'm not good at maths and I'm, I'm rubbish at football. But actually, it's about, no, you're really good at that. And I know if you really try hard and you go to practice, you can be just as good as whoever you want to be. And that is the self-belief. And what Carol Dweck has proven in lots of her research is that you can change your mindset and you can your, your brain's neuroplastic. And I think that's what we talk about in a minute. Yeah. But you can change it. You can go from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, no matter what age you are. It just takes that positive self-talk and, and belief. Mm, yeah, so the neuroplasticity point where, that Julie referred to then. So our brains... Even when we get to our 70s and 80s, they can remodel themselves. We have to put the right things in, but they can remodel themselves. So I talk about things like a gratitude journal, because every time we are thinking negative, we're searching for negatives so that we can avoid the danger. So instead of doing that, I encourage parents to do right three gratitude things down in a journal every day to outweigh the negative stuff that's coming in. So say, for instance, uh, I started with the sunshine, three things that I'm grateful for, the sunshine, a cup of coffee and my bed. And it started at that. And I did this, I think it's about five years ago now when I first started it because I noticed I was being really negative about everything, thinking um, everything was rubbish and boring and I needed a new thing in life to, to pick me up and give me a purpose. And then as soon as I started doing this, I noticed it went from three to five things that I was grateful for every day. And now I'm extremely positive most of the time because of doing this so I can find loads and loads of things but just to lift your mood a bit to put a bit more perspective on things and that is neuroplasticity training your brain to think in a different way and it can do it it's it's scientifically proven but I've just got another quote here about um, evidence shows that brain development during the first 18 months of life is faster than at any other period of development. Yet one in three parents do not recognise that the brain develops fastest in this time and do not make the links at what a parent or caregiver does between birth and 18 months and that that has a massive huge and lifelong impact on a child's future and this stuff that we teach works doesn't it Julie? It does 
It really does. And the feedback we've got from parents, from schools and where children are and how our children are exceeding and what their beliefs are. And we've got real research, you know, to show that brain development is absolutely crucial and we want to get it right. And I think if, you know, we work together and you understand it, then you're more likely to sort of get involved in yeah. what we're doing in nursery. You know, we do the parent calendars, don't we? Have a look at what we're doing. Join in because you are also playing a part in your child's brain development. Because those first 18 months matter. Those t- two to three, those neurons are firing even more and learning that learning centre. So, you know, we know by the time children get to three, that brain is already sort of multiplied and those neurons functioning and, and making those connect- connections. We know that if we teach languages to a child from three and under three, they're more likely to develop the linguistic part of the brain and become absolutely amazing at languages. And that's one of the reasons we embed Spanish in the nursery from such an early age. So, you know, understand what we do. Our role in early years is crucial. Absolutely. And the more parents understand that, the better relationships we can develop. Yeah. Fabulous. Thank you. So I hope you've enjoyed today and we'll catch you next time. Okay, take care.